When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Go VIP for just $1.50 with our Black Friday sale going on right now. Go to PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. That's PWTorch.com slash GoVIP. And at checkout, enter coupon code SAVE850. That's coupon code SAVE850. Get on board with my new daily Focus on AEW podcast with the latest news and commentary and special guests on AEW, along with our post-pay-per-view roundtables, VIP-exclusive signature shows that I host with Todd Martin and Rich Fan, and so much more, 30-plus years of archives and more. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP, coupon code SAVE850. And remember, when you go VIP, you get a podcast feed that's compatible with a single click to Apple Podcasts and many other podcast apps. And as a great bonus, the ads and plugs that are inserted into the free shows here on the Wade Keller Processing Podcast, post shows, and daily casts are edited out for our VIP members. PWTorch.com slash GoVIP, save 850. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's chumbacasino.com no purchase necessary btw void were prohibited by law see terms and conditions 18 plus
Well, aloha, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to PWT Talks NXT. I'm Kelly Wells. I'm your host. You can find me all over social media at Spooky Milk or at Spooky Milk dot games uh just a two-man booth tonight um so yeah the two of us are going to talk with you about november 23rd 2021's hard sell for nxt war games uh let's not say takeover anymore because it's done folks it's not a thing we've got a couple of you on the phone lines already looking to jump on the show with us a little bit later so we will get to 410 and then 478 um we we are at 515-605-9345 and hit pound one i think that's right if you want to be on the show or you can email us at pwtorchnxt at gmail.com. We got a few of those, too. So let's talk main event. Uh, it was a triple threat. They were a mixed bag for me, always. It seems like there's been a lot of good ones in NXT. This one has Johnny Gargano versus Pete Dunne versus Carmelo Hayes. All the pieces in place for this to be a good one, but it was just kind of a lot of stuff that happened. Uh, the match didn't coalesce for me at all. Like, nothing went wrong. Obviously, these are pros. Um, yeah, no, nothing in this match was bad, but it just, there was no flow, and it, it was one of the bigger offenders of the triple, all the things that I always worry will happen in a triple threat. Um, just lots of breakups, lots of, oh, well, you can't be disqualified, which I find idiotic, and all of that. Um, but it doesn't matter. It was all just a guy's to set up the uh, men's war games match, which will obviously be Tommaso Ciampa, Johnny Gargano, Pete Dunne, and LA Knight versus Braun Breaker, Grayson Waller, Tony D'Angelo, and Carmelo Hayes. We placed a lot of bets a couple of months ago on the many factions that could be in a war games match. Uh, we didn't land on this group, Tom. No, uh, at Tom Stelp on Twitter, and if there's anything I'm kicking myself for this week, it's because last week, it it was after we stopped recording this daily cast that I realized, oh, Champa's whole promo was absolutely paving the way for this precise matchup of of uh, uh, four on four, and uh, and it was very telegraphed from there, and I just didn't notice it in the moment to uh, to say it on the night, but I've spent all week thinking like, okay, we're definitely going to get confirmation of that this week, and yes, these are the eight. Uh, so I will, um, you know, it's funny that you felt the way about the triple threat that you did. Because that's usually how I feel about a lot of I mean, I know a lot of your a lot of what you said is specific to the triple threat format, but a lot of the like, oh, these guys are pros, but the action didn't really bring me in is so much of what I say about the typical NXT main event where the story's already told and they just get in there and they work and they're not interested in telling a story anymore because that part is already behind them. I thought they did a sufficient enough job last week setting up this match that. I want to let them get away with just doing some fine work. Um, I, I also appreciated that even though, yes, it was the typical distraction finish. I appreciated that D'Angelo's uh, betting bit from earlier actually paid off and wasn't just something else for Tony D'Angelo to do. Um, you know, the, the, um, the, the betting thing that is, uh, you know, at least he's when, when, when it happened, I was like, I mean, 
okay, it wasn't the most convincing he's ever been, but at least he's not killing or kidnapping people this week. And then it, and then it, you know, wrapped around back into the main event. So, uh, so that element worked for me. I could absolutely do without the theatrics of the, uh, the siren and the lights and everything, making it seem more telegraphed than it already was. But I think that uh, the, the final showdown of like, okay, yeah, you already figured it out, but these indeed are the teams and somebody's going to yell the word and they're going to start brawling as the show goes off the air. I thought that was effective enough and, uh, and, and worked for me. All right. So we do have a, a main event, maybe a main event for, it'll probably be the main event for war games, but, uh, but I don't know. Um, certainly with the folks in, power who are now i would say almost certainly uh but we have that main event and we got most of the rest of the card also and we will talk about that let's go to an email real quick this is from jb so i don't know about real quick he uh he do say some words but here we go with jb my email was in the wrong place. Hi, team. It's JB from Detroit. Last week's releases, which includes, included the rest of Hit Row, made me consider something I'd be thinking even more strongly. I'm not sure that NXT 2.0 can really be a success. 2.0 was supposed to be WWE getting back to a true developmental. Is there a wrestler that should check all of Vince's proverbi- proverbial developmental boxes more than top dollar? Big guy, relatively athletic, with a non-indie football background who was seemingly, at the worst, competent on the mic. He was even featured heavily on WWE. WWE shoulder content in WWE's most wanted treasures on A&E. I'm not even mentioning the blatantly obvious talent of Swerve and Ashante because of the stereotype that Vince inevitably labeled them, I'm sure. So am I. I'm getting to the point where I'm becoming more convinced that Vince and his yes-men don't actually have a plan. NXT 2.0 is just a way for them to justify another failure and deflecting the blame where it's always belonged on Vince's doorstep. He can't see talent anymore, whether it was crafted in the indies or molded under his own watch. They just fly by the seat of their pants on a daily, maybe even hourly basis and collect their backed-in-TV Peacock and Saudi checks. I've been a loyal follower of NXT for many years and have even gritted through regular WWE programming to keep in the loop, but I think I'm at my breaking point if things don't start looking up very quickly and i think the ratings across the board prove many others feel that way love the show and go vip uh i will say that one of the few things that has kept me watching 2.0 is ellie knight's uh ellie knight and his promo ability they also so seem genuine fiery and on point to me i truly believe he wanted to stomp out gacy after their backstage uh well, it says entire. I don't know what that autocorrect was supposed to be uh, before their match. I actually thought, think Knight would be much better used on Raw or SmackDown. His promo ability is perfect for Vince in that it can, in an entertaining way, fill up a good amount of TV time. Yes, uh, I like him too, but I sure don't want to see him as a face again because that didn't work for me at all in NWA. Um, all the things that are effectively annoying about him in a heel role were just actually annoying when he was being a baby face on NWA. So hopefully they can resist the urge uh, and make sure that he kind of leans back that way after this feud. Uh, I will say this for NXT. I, I don't think you have to worry too much about face and heel roles, especially these young ones. Uh, but I think any of these talents, are kind of leaning which way they have to be on sometimes a week to week basis, like with Briggs and Jensen. They're and they're cross training. You know, they're they're seeing what they want 
out of these guys. So that's part of that. But um, Grayson Waller, he, we've seen the full gamut of face to heel from him in a very short amount of time. I don't know what just happened to my insides, but uh, that was my little gift to you, the listener. Um, Tom, before another one of those things happens, uh, anything to say on JB's email? <laughs> yeah, uh, speaking of running the gamut, uh, which indeed Waller has done last week, it was really weird when he was behaving like a heel on uh, on lashing out. But this week with uh, interrupting the um, uh, the logo at the beginning, that made uh, it made a lot more sense. And I think I think will work for him, even though he's been presented as an under underdog baby to this point. Um, yeah, Jamie, JB's email sends my mind through um, a, a gamut of macro points that have been plaguing me lately that have been irritating me lately um i have commented over and over again basically in i think i think what i'm about to say would be a diminishing of the point but basically in defense of all of the wwe releases although there are individual ones that uh that have come up that i'm like okay i don't know what they were thinking there though but for the most part i get what they're doing from a business standpoint hit row though is Probably the most egregious one that we've seen out of any of these rounds of releases, and I'm including Bray Wyatt in that. I know that, like with the Bray Wyatt thing, there um, there could be issues backstage that we are not privy to. We don't work with these people. It's it's not our job to be back there uh, with them, so we don't know what that is like. But talk about an act that just had so much potential and proven talent. Um, no, I'm not including BFAB in that anymore. Unfortunately, uh, that wasn't going to translate. I, I fear, but, uh, but when you get to what was the remaining trio, it is just baffling that they decided to cut bait in the way they did. Um, so JB's question is, is 2.0 a sham? Can it really be a success? Uh, and a lot of that is spurred from, Oh, and does WWE even have a plan? Uh, and and all of that is spurred from um, uh, what he's seeing in in wait no yes from the from the hit row sorry there's so much here um from the hit hit row release it, this is probably too specific for what JB is asking about I'll just point out the obvious that hit row was not a 2.0 act um, so I don't think we can blame any change in mentality to 2.0 on that. Um, but I think looking past that specificity, I believe I, I understand the point that JB is making is that regardless of whether it was black and gold or 2.0, um, Vince and, and the gang are just like way too picky with these acts or more quick to the trigger with releases uh, if, if everything doesn't look entirely peachy right out of the gate. Um, and that is that is sort of how it appears on the surface. Again, I can't even begin to defend the hit row. Uh, release except for to say like maybe maybe there was something backstage we don't know about uh there's there's uh sort of sort of like a tangentially related thing that i don't even want to bring up but it's so tangential that i wouldn't even want to pin uh the the person associated with it uh with it um so there's there's vague for you but um but i whenever we get these questions, it's just like, oh, it's so meaty and my brain doesn't know which uh, which which path to take. Um, I think we can't accuse WWE of suddenly not having a plan or that we've finally started to figure out 
that they don't have a plan because that has been evident for quite a while. It's it's been evident for a long, long time. I mean, probably decades, but especially over the past several years that Vince is concerned with the top angles, which is why I'm a defender of Cleopatra's egg. And I think it's ridiculous that people are complaining about it. I think that those same people are going to be the people who in 2023 are going to be going like, oh, man, they've been working this, you know, as a, as a long term angle. WWE never does that anymore. Oh, wow. The seeds were planted all that time ago and they'll be impressed. Um but uh, but, you know, beyond that, they no, no, they absolutely do not and have not had a plan for these wrestlers. And that's been part of the lack of what I've called a handshake between developmental and the main roster. Um, how can I spin that into a new point that I haven't already said several times? Uh, it's just it's just unfortunate. But I don't think that's a reason to say that NXT 2.0 can't can't be a success. Um I don't know. I guess I'll just uh, send it back to you, Kelly. Is there anything you can mine out of what I said as to like, did I give a reason as to why NXT 2.0 can be a success? I'm just not seeing the distinct connection that it's like that it's doomed um, and that anything that we've recently seen from the main roster and from Vince McMahon is any new information that changes the way that we have to look at this. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, overprohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also every Saturday we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me, and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. 
The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So, again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then, Judy discovered ChompaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now, Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I think the biggest disconnect is that the way that people, fans, viewers want to think of it as a success is wildly different from whether internally it is considered to be a success they will consider it a success if it churns out new talents that are homegrown and the average fan will think is it it's a success if it does ratings which it's really not going to it it really is not uh there's no way around that um i think that it will get worse and worse until it hits a spot where everybody watching it wants to see this developmental show. Um, and that is for the, and so anything else to them is immaterial with always, you can't speak about this without at least mentioning USA doesn't want that. They would prefer black and gold. I have, I have almost no doubt. Um, and yeah, I, I didn't even really, talk about the plan thing because of exactly what you said. It's clear that they don't have plans like their their plans are you're lucky if you have a month or two in advance where you can feel like it. But even when people talked about the mid card even being very, very hot and uh, like the attitude era where it seemed like everybody at least mattered. Everybody had a feud. Everybody had some kind of goal, even if it wasn't uh, championship gold. There was always something going on for everybody. There was a lot to like about that. There was a lot to dislike, but whatever. Everybody knows that. Um, and even then, it didn't really seem like they had a plan because they would retcon major months-long storylines. Like when Austin turned heel and you're like, well, then why did he beat the hell out of his heel partners for months just to hide the fact that he was a heel when it wouldn't matter when he would have done it. Um, they've been at that time. There was, if you watch week to week in that area, you'll see the total lack of logic and that somebody in it's like Richard Kelly, director of Donnie Darko was in the writer's room and saying, 
do you know what it'd be cool? And they're like, that doesn't make any sense, Richard. And he's like, nobody will notice. And they don't. So, um, so there you go. That's how. You know what the most wonderful thing about the uh, Attitude Era was? The Attitude Era that we that we love so much and wish that wrestling could be that good and that popular again. The best thing about it, Kelly, was that every single episode of the weekly TV started with a match, right? As soon as the, the show opened, the bell rang, and then we got a match that didn't mean anything, but it had a lot of action in it. People hitting each other, you know, on, on, on a wrestling show. You never get that on a wrestling show, people hitting each other, but the Attitude Era gave it gave it to us, didn't they, Kelly? <laughs> they sure did not. We we can, got... Can you tell I've got this Cleopatra's egg thing is driving me crazy? All of Twitter last night was just like, how can WWE open a show with this top angle involving Vince McMahon and The Rock? The <laughs> the gall of them to do that and i'm like well you're watching and tweeting about it and then nxt opens tonight with a match and what does everybody do complain yeah i mean uh, not that i want to see a time where the opening of the show was triple h talking for 20 minutes and managing to cram in about five minutes worth of um of anything because that's how fast he talked um (laughs) you you know how much i love the guy and how much i love shows opening with promos but even when i go back and watch that i'm just like ooh, could have figured something better out than that right oh i know i know i mean yeah and i i liked him then and i like him now and i feel like oh boy but that that era wasn't oh my gosh and you knew it would happen and you were just like, maybe, maybe, maybe. It didn't even have to be a match. Just somebody else. Give me a 25-minute Crash Holly interview. Actually, that would have been hilarious. What would that have been? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We'd still be talking about it today, that's for sure. Um, yeah, lest we go even further off the point, JB. Um, and I, you know, I'm going to continue watching NXT for this gig I think I would probably drop in and out at this point if I wasn't there. Although it does seem like dropping out for a month means that I would miss some major development points for new talents. So that's, that's the only thing there um, that worries me. So uh, I said we were going to put 410 on the air first, but that might've been while we were still muted on my side. It didn't show me being muted. It showed us being unmuted. But if I start the show that way, apparently I have to mute and unmute. It's a disaster, folks. It's a stupid setup. But that's what I had to do. Thanks, Darrell, for the heads up. Let's go to 410. Uh, If you heard that you, too, are unmuted, say hey. Yes. Hi, this is Reverend Keith in Baltimore. How are you? Hey, Rev Keith. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm good, gentlemen. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Listen, um, I can kind of uh, relate to your discussion from JB's email. Um, there seems to be uh, some sort of disconnect now with NXT 2.0. I'm not here to complain, but it, it, it just it, it lacks the intensity and, I guess, uh, uh, the storylines are different from before. Um, I think that it, it's, it, I see what WWE is trying to do, mixing the young talent with the, the, uh, 
the old God or the OG, so to speak, such as Champa, Gargano, Dunn, and the like. But it seems like everything is being rushed. Um, it's like the, the, the storylines are all over the place. You know, and it was kind of evident, like, as you guys were mentioning about Tony D'Angelo being woven into the uh, War Games match, it seemed like they was just throwing people together. I mean, I enjoyed the triple threat, okay? But then at the conclusion, you had all these guys in the ring. It kind of took away from the, the match itself, and it was like, you know, wow. You know, you had – I looked at the clock. I saw they still had time left before 10 o'clock, so I said, okay, they're going to give us a little smarts and a little, uh, uh, you know, pull apart. But this was like chaotic, man. So it, it, it just seems like they're rushing things. Um, what's your take on that? Yeah, I I have to agree. It, it seems like, especially because it just seems like scenes are missing. And it would be so easy to fix this. Like, all they really have to do is... Give us a scene where something's going on in the foreground, and in the background we see Mello and Trick talking to D'Angelo. And maybe it's as straightforward. It is wrestling. So maybe it's as blunt as actually showing them handing him some money. Uh, but on the show that featured a lot of weed already, it might be a bad look if we had another, like, a secret uh, money exchange in the back with a mob guy. Um but whatever, it, it, you can establish that there is a relationship, even if that relationship is like a hired gun sort of relationship. Um, so that would have been nice. There, there's no need to rush. They have a lot of talent. I understand they're trying to get everybody on the show every week. Not a thing they have to do, but they're trying to do it anyway. Um, but yeah, long-form storytelling I've never been upset that they went with long-form storytelling. I, I've i never rued the fact that, like, oh, why did they try to tell this storyline over the course of several weeks and get me interested in a match? I've never thought that was too bad. Um, but there's a million times I couldn't believe a good match or a good angle was given away with too little build. Um, and it... Hmm, I understand they have to try a lot of things with these talents right now. Hopefully, when we get this non-takeover out of their system and that's out of the way, maybe 2.0 has more time to breathe and we do some long-term TV storylines before the next non-takeover takeover and make that and don't do one until... April. I, I, I'm full on board with not doing them more than three, four times a year if it's going to, if the TV product's going to suffer as a result, Tom. And of course, they'll keep the uh, the named shows in there like our Halloween Havocs. But, uh, but Reverend Keith, very glad to hear from you on our show. Always, always nice. And yeah, you know, I talk about 
people irrationally and self-contradictingly complaining on Twitter, sticking in my craw. Your thoughtful criticism does not fall under that umbrella, my friend. I, I appreciate that. Is It is highly welcome. Uh, and in this case, I do agree. Uh, just uh, I'll try to be brief in saying that uh, on top of everything you guys have said, uh, it doesn't feel, although there was a lull for a while, it doesn't feel like the the manic go, go, go uh, of of the recent Wednesday night, quote unquote, war has completely gone away. It is it moves along at a very fast clip. I, I feel like I can you know, if I do need to step away from the television, I need to rush because if you blink, you miss something. Um, you know, if your attention strays for one one moment, it's just like, wait, what did Pete Dunn just say? Ah, I guess it's probably fine. Pete Dunn always says the same thing. Right. But I did kind of miss that because they're just flying through everything. Um, and especially right now, it's just, well, like hell in a cell, like tables, ladders and chairs. Well, I guess bad example for this particular year. But War Games is a date on the calendar. And so that's why these four people are going up against these four people. Um there's there's more of a storyline in the women's match that makes sense. Uh, and I think I think the women's match even kind of makes sense with the idea that War Games is on the calendar and Mandy's more focused on Kaylee and vice versa. And Raquel is more focused on Dakota and vice versa. But it's like, hey, War Games is on the calendar. So let's let's, uh, you know, align with each other against against the other the other people we have the issues with that that is working for me on the women's side but yeah on the men's side it's just like okay they decided to do 2.0 versus black and gold and uh and these are the guys that even though they never get along otherwise they're getting along for the sake of this because it's november um so yes i i absolutely agree with those criticisms i feel those criticisms ultimately tonight they got me to where i felt like this week's chapter worked but it's just barely over the fence onto the working side. It was it was rocky. All right, Keith. Um, if you got another thought, go ahead. I would also like to mention that I think that at some point in the near future, Kaylee Ray will turn heel. I've watched her career on the independent scene and even in NXT UK, I think she makes for a better heel than face. But I do like the direction, as you just stated, Tom, in which the writing team is going with the women's war games match. I'm, I'm, I think that that, will, that match has uh, the alignment seems more realistic, so to speak, as opposed to the men's where they just thrown together these these eight guys, you know, four against four just to make the match. But the women's is going to be uh, pretty nice. I think that um, getting back to the men now, I, I feel that if the heel team wins, Braun Breaker will probably be the one who scores the pinfall and perhaps it may be on, on Champa just so that he can once again get a title opportunity. You know, that, that would be my prediction. That would be how I would book the uh, men's um, war games match. As far as the women's, we'll see how that goes. I need to think about that one. But I do like the alignment better on the women's side. Once again, gentlemen, it's always good talking with you. Thank you for taking my call, and you guys have a blessed night.
Thank you so much, Keith. It's always great to hear from you. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Progress Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the Paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PWF Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices. Or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. Um, we've got, yeah, let's, uh, let's talk those war game segments before we move on with our other call. Um, okay. So we've got the women. Uh, yeah, we've got toxic attraction and Dakota Kai uh, doing, doing her best to be crazy. But I mean, she was in the role she was supposed to be playing. Um, the mean sarcastic one that is. Perfect for her, um, but that's not what we have right now, and we're going to make the best of it, folks. Uh, and they will face Cora Jade, Raquel Gonzalez, Io Shirai, and as we know now, Kaylee Ray. Uh, we we needed probably, I, I assume Zoe Stark would have been in this, um, although it seems like pretty cool that KLR was shoehorned into this uh almost to the point where maybe they would have kayfabed an injury to zoe stark and uh and moved along with uh kaylee ray here hard to believe you know this happened so quick she just announced uh i'm on your team and i'm in the uh advantage match next week and nobody was mad about it nobody was mad about her staking her claim now maybe they shouldn't be because in kayfabe world she did hold the NXT Women's Championship for forever and a day, and um, and she's a badass. She'll kick your head off. She's great. Um, I, I, I decry the fact that she had to get a dye job, but uh, hair care regimen still on point. Uh, Kaylee Ray, just great hair. So um, very excited that she is part of this. Hard not to see her. I don't know. Do I see her turning here, or is that just so obvious to me because she's been playing heel for so long? I'm not I'm not so sure she's going to, and I'm not even sure I'm supposed to be thinking she might. Uh, I think that this is maybe meant to be a little more straightforward than that. We did get Cora Jade versus Mandy Rose. Both champions, main champions, were in non-title matches today. Uh, one of them even won. Uh, in this brave new NXT, but Mandy Rose was not that one. Ahead of the match, she was walking with her two mates, Mandy Rose wearing this tan suit that was like basically the same shade as her tanning booth hue that had her looking like a leather mannequin. Oh boy. 
Um, and so we got that ahead of this match. Cora Jade wins with a roll-up in 401 after Kaylee Ray comes out with a bat, throws the bat to referee Daryl Sharma, which somehow only distracts him and Mandy, but not Cora, who was able to get the roll-up and the pin. Very contrived stuff here, but whatever. It got us to Kaylee Ray, and that's cool. On the men's side, uh, we already knew most of what we were getting, kind of, or at least Tom tweeted about it earlier in the day and was pretty well on point. Uh, in the opener tonight, Tommaso Champ Pretty well, meaning eight for eight. Were you eight for eight? I was eight for eight, and I said that uh, Loomis and Williams will get involved on the outside. Well, pretty well is basically the highest compliment I'm able to give people because I'm cold and dead inside, Tom, so... Um, good eight job for eight on the women's side, too. But of course, at that point, we had already had so much storytelling that, you know, I'm not going to pat That's myself true. on the back yeah. any any more than I already did over the past 30 seconds. And I didn't see last week's show, so I uh, I couldn't well guess <laughs> um, thought I'd fit it in sometime in the last week, but I sure didn't. Champa defeated Grayson Waller in a 13 minute, 29 second, pretty strong opener. Um and, uh, yeah, straightforward, Champa wins, but a strong opener, and Waller did some mic time at the beginning. Not your 25-minute Triple H special, but he talked for a few minutes, and uh, and I think he's pretty okay as a heel. Uh, and then, of course, we got the big pull-apart. Well, no, not a pull-apart. Nobody was pulling apart. The big four-on-four brawl at the end as the audience was chanting war games. So... We don't have Undisputed Era in this thing. We we don't even have a member of Undisputed Era in this War Games match, which is bonkers, but, uh, but that is the truth. And, you know, if they couldn't have all of them, I guess it's kind of cool that they just ripped the Band-Aid off and none of them are in it. So, yeah, doesn't that seem like a long time ago now, uh, Tom, <laughs> on, on that meaty bit of uh, War Games stuff? Yeah, last year was the Pat McAfee one, wasn't it? That does feel like more than just one year ago. Yeah. Oh, um, boy. Possibly for other reasons than just that. But, yes, uh, point taken. I think the only thing that I didn't already say on the men's side of things is that, uh, you know, on paper, when you say Champa and Waller are going to go the time that they went, it might sound iffy considering Champa's track record and how new to this brand Waller is. But... Waller's even though he's heel now and and the um, the over the course of three weeks turn over the course of two weeks, he didn't really turn. He just sort of started, you know, gradually went over to the the heel side, Um, you know, even though he's doing that now, he was an underdog babyface. So this fits with his presentation. Like, I think you were spot on when you said that he's doing what uh, he's doing something very similar to what Sami Zayn was doing. And and when Sami Zayn was new, I mean, yes, people respected him more because they knew more about Generico, but he was doing these kind of matches against much more established guys and kicking out of their biggest stuff. So I'm, uh, you know, I'm okay with Waller doing that here. Um, I felt toxic attraction walking backstage and Dakota approaching them was unnecessary but it worked perfectly fine when you when you say this show feels like it's been skipping scenes lately that is a perfect way to put it uh one of the things you missed last week actually two of the things you missed last week no it was one thing that you missed last week with msk 
And then it was the week prior to that with the grizzled young veterans robbing an Uber driver thing that I'm still not even sure if that's exactly what happened. It just seemed like I once wouldn't they got say into I've editing, been missing it, Bob. It, but, right. Um. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, when when they showed those things, it it felt like actual parts of it had been edited out. And yeah, so I, I'm not going to complain about them, including Coda officially walking up to Mandy Rose. You know, that that worked for me. The Kaylee Ray smashing stuff in the background is very silly. I think like of all of the, uh, you know, oh, we had to give somebody something. So you have a thing now uh, of all of those that we were seeing right this moment. That one is one of the silliest. It's just. You know, like she's just smashing stuff all the time wherever she goes. Probably did more damage than the Knight versus Waller brawl that that went throughout the night, and they kept cutting back to, and you kept on hearing stuff falling down in the background. Um, but uh, yeah, I had to look it up when you said that you resent that she got a dye job, and I was like, wasn't her hair already like that? But you're right, it is redder now, uh, closer closer to fire truck, um, but close enough to what she had before that I had to look it up. Um, I love that they they did it last week and they're doing it again again now. Did they do it the week before also? Well, what? No, 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 no. It's just last week and this week that they've kept Zoe on screen during her injury time. So often the person just disappears regardless of whether they were involved in a story or not. So I like that she's still a presence. Um, I just, you know, again, just like every single thing that she she brings. So I like not totally losing her, at least for now. Um and uh, yeah, um, I guess I didn't really have anything else on that bit. I noticed the exact same thing you did that Kaylee Ray said what she said and everybody was just like, oh, OK. And it didn't seem to be because she has a bat and is smashing everything and they're uh, just letting her do what she wants. For that reason, it seems like it was more of an acknowledgement of like, oh, the longest reigning NXT UK champion, women's champion wants to. Uh, want, I, I thought I could say champion. And then I remembered Walter, although I don't know what. Pete Dunn's reign was compared. Walters to was Kaylee. longer. Oh, Pete Dunn and Kaylee Ray. That's probably pretty close. Probably close. That's definitely um, what you want out of your um, out of your protagonists, right? Have them be passive, talk about getting a partner for a really long time, and then have one fall in their lap through no work <laughs> of their own. <laughs> and I mean, we're gonna get uh, Dakota and Kaylee out of it. So that's. Have we seen that before? Have we? Kelly, have we seen I, that match you know, before? I, I want to say Kaylee Ray hadn't started on NXT UK while Dakota did her quick stop there before she came over here. I don't yeah. think it happened. Mm. I'm and I, they ooh, they did um, not cross over during the uh, May Young Classic. So, ooh, um, yeah, they they put that graphic on the screen and I and I got excited. Um, and then uh, for Mandy Rose and Cora Jade, it's another Mandy Rose match on NXT 2.0. So that means it's another good Mandy Rose match on NXT 2.0. This this uh, this went very well. I think that I mean, except for yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with how you analyzed the uh, the the finish with the bat. Um, just kind of bizarre that that's how that distraction worked out. Um, it is, you know, for for as all for, for all the things that I've said about Kaylee Ray and Mandy Rose that are working for me because they're, they're kind of like with survivor series um, champion versus champion matches. Like, okay, this is the date on the calendar, but they are making sure to build up the champions next challengers rather than wait until afterward. Um, so they are at least thinking ahead in that regard. They're doing that here uh, with, with Kaylee, obviously different cause she's actually involved in the match, but whatever. Um, it's just, it seems to me that 
maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm picking up on something that I shouldn't be picking up on. But the the way that Mandy, you know, yeah, not the greatest actress in the world, the way that Mandy reacts to Kaylee's presence, the way that Kaylee is going after Mandy, it seemed like to this point, what we've seen is just somebody who wants to be the contender to the championship, making their presence known to the champion. But it seems like it's being acted like there's much more of an issue here, even though Kaylee Ray is pretty much just haunting Mandy Rose. So that's the only nitpick that I'll give that is that I think the um, the acting and, and perhaps even commentaries handling of it is a little overblown. But uh, but everything else, scroll, scroll, scroll. I think that covers it. Yeah. Now I want to see the babyface women um, at like a fine dining establishment or some such, which we've already seen them in. But have them there and Kaylee Ray fighting her instinct to uh, to break stuff. I, I think there's a million ways you can make it funny and all of them are worth seeing. Um, I think I think this is slightly related to when Lacey Evans and Nikki Cross were on NXT and we were suggesting that they should do a Pygmalion thing where Lacey Evans is trying to give Nikki Cross manners lessons or etiquette lessons. And Nikki's just sitting there like vibrating like she can't take it sitting there in whatever outfit Lacey has her dressed up in. And I know envisioning that just makes everybody cringe and they're like, oh, no, only Bruce Pritchard would would write something like that. But. It sounds very entertaining to me. Oh, yeah. That would have been I, – I think it would have brought out the best in both of them. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We've had a million great ideas, and, and what do we have instead? We got NXT 2.0, which, you know, at times it's whatever. That's, again, high praise from me. At times it's whatever. That's the best I can manage. I'm, uh, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm real good with compliments, folks. We're now on Patreon. By popular demand, you can now support us directly through Patreon. Go to patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We have three tiers, including an entry-level tier one that takes the ads and plugs away. You can have the VIP versions of the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast, Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows, and the PW Torch Daily Cast. That's 14 podcasts per week, but with the ads and plugs edited out, plus you get the VIP after shows. Don't be left out anymore from those for just $4.99 at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. We also have a second tier and a third tier where you can upgrade to get other VIP content, including other VIP podcasts and the PW Torch newsletter, the current ones and 20 years ago version. So go check it out, patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. Let's go to our friend Darrell uh, in Georgia and uh, get some thoughts from him, Darrell. Okay. I think we lost him. Um, yes, I was doing his okay. Uh, did we lose him? Tom, are you here? I'm, I'm here. I'm here. Okay. Oh, I think we I got muted. Whether it's since... What? I think we got muted, Tom. I don't know it was oh very long, goodness. but I think this thing is muting itself. Darrell, do you – oh, my God, the call has dropped. 
<laughs> I was sitting here trying to think up a muting joke, not thinking that it was actually what we were contending with. Okay, so <laughs> at least one. Okay, so we lost Darrell. Um, and we were potentially muted. Darrell is here. Maybe he hears us. Darrell, if you're here, tell us how long this stupid thing had us muted after we talked to Keith. That long. Oh, oh wow. boy. This could be a real problem. Um, <laughs> okay. So he said, y'all muted again. So I'm going to hit unmute and mute again. Don't know why blog talks doing this to us, folks. Tom, say something interesting that lasts about five seconds. Uh, that was some of your best work. Um, I really like it. Uh, he's a director, folks. Um, <laughs> I do the acting. <laughs> oh, man, in my, uh, my recent D&D session, I was, there was a moment where my character was going to be crying, and I was like, oh, can I... Can I get it to bubble up in me? Can I do it? Can I pull it off when the red light is on? And then I just went, uh, and and she's weeping right now. <laughs> I resorted to narration. Oh, boy. Um, Darrell, do you hear us now? Oh, man. I think that it dropped our call. That's going to be <laughs> problematic. All right. So I, I no, think I was muting. Still recording. I think I was muting and unmuting a Skype person who isn't even, yeah, uh, it's probably Hitain Dave or something. <sighs> okay, well, I guess we're going to keep on going here because we have been lost. We have been dropped from this. So, um, so sorry if you're listening to this the next day because um, we're gone. So, Tom, I suppose we will move on to the next thing, which uh, I've decided, ooh, we got a murderer's row of other matches to choose from here. Casey Catanzaro and Caden Carter against Indy Hartwell and Persia Parada. This went 332. I was going to say faces win, but they're all faces more or less. Uh, Catanzaro, Catanzaro pins Hartwell, who, uh, who was playing depressed here because her her man is injured so i don't know my feeling was this doesn't do a lot for casey and caden because they beat a team that's barely established that also usually and also had like reason to like an out so that's uh problematic for me but whatever it's 332, I guess I won't complain a whole lot. We've got something going on with these four. We thought Indy Hartwell might be in War Games last year, and now she's not even going to be in it this year. Uh, that's kind of a bummer because I like Sir. Tom? Yeah, I think they did a fine job here. If if we really wanted to, we could look back at the ring work and, and nitpick it apart. But I think it was good enough that that's going to be more of a coach's job. Uh, I, I thought they told the story of the match just fine. And, of course, it had the the these depression wrinkle, which she acted. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes, overacted. But in terms of 
what we need to expect from someone in her position uh, with the character that she's played and just considering the fact that she's trying to portray a character while wrestling a match. I thought that she handled it very well. Um, and I'm just glad that there was no Robert Stone. I and, and, and that may sound strange to you, Kelly, but during Persia Parada's match last week, Robert Stone came out and watched her from the ramp. And I don't think I touched on it on the podcast, but my sentiment would have been and still is just lose the guy already. He does nothing for me at all. Um, I'm actually really interested in Persia right now, and I don't want that boulder being chained to her ankle uh, that Robert that Robert Stone um, didn't mean to do that. But uh but yeah, I of course I say all this and I fully expect that once we're done recording, I'll look at the NXT Twitter and see that they did some backstage thing where he approached her. But uh but yeah, I don't I don't need none of that Robert Stone uh meddling with my Persia Parada. Your Persia Parada. <laughs> my my little my my new my new little pet. She did so poorly the first couple times that I'm like, okay, but they keep putting her out there. I'm gonna watch. And if she gets better, if slash win, but let's just stick with if, if she gets better, I'm going to be that much more invested because I'm on the journey that that just that works for me so much. So uh, so I, I, I see someone perform that poorly and still get put in highlighted position after highlighted position. And I'm like, OK, it may take five years, but we'll get there like my buddy Santana Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Who who was who was my Santana Garrett when I started? <laughs> and uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw her live doing doing the predictable Santana Garrett stuff. Um, uh, okay, so let's go to another thing that happened on this show: Grimes and Hudson. Uh, in retrospect obvious that they're going to a hair versus hair i think i would have called this but i didn't know that hair was shed on last week's show now i do so it makes sense that this is a luchas de apuestas match hair versus hair now the way you predict these when you're watching AAA or another mexican promotion where these are usually done uh, is if it's mask versus hair, mask wins every time because unmasking is a big deal. Mask versus mask is probably going to be a draw of some kind to get them out of it. Um, hair versus hair, the guy with the shorter hair loses. That's the rule because the guy with the longer hair, it's part of his thing unless they are just totally ripping the Band-Aid off with Jeff Jarrett uh, at uh, SummerSlam in minneapolis that was really specific but it happened folks um <laughs> and then and then you've got the older days where they would uh work it as a program and they wouldn't actually shave the hair until the final uh the final town and so every other time the the heel would just be getting out of it and then without the internet the the town didn't know that uh that the hair ended up getting shaved unless they bought a magazine or something oh right yeah there you go um so yes this was actually a fairly long-ish segment, longer than most of the matches. Uh, Tom, what'd you think of this and where we're headed? Um, gotta love Cameron Grimes. I felt like how upset and galvanized he was by getting his hair trimmed was out of character 
character after we've seen him roll with so many punches, including being L.A. Knight's butler for a month. And he was just totally fine with all of that. Um, so feels a little bit out of character for him. What I said last week, um, kind of curious on your take on it, is just that one of the things I worried about, and I guess this goes back to the the brain mush that I was trying to spew out before, was that, uh, you know, in, in response to JB's also very thoughtful criticism in his, his email, um, I, I worry that someone, even with the talent of Grimes, is going to show up looking all shaggy in front of uh, in front of in front of Vince and Vince won't look past it. So I felt like seeing him get the haircut off last week was a very promising move for Grimes that they want to clean him up, but not totally radically change his look, which is why I think I would also be surprised. I guess I think I'm stepping on an email here, but I would I think I would be surprised if they now cut Cameron Grimes hair even more. Because it seems like, you know, I know the lack of the handshake and everything, but it seems like they've already done the makeover there and he's still who he is, just a little bit cleaner, a little more corporate. Um, And Hudson is the one who gets the hair shaved because, like you said, shorter hair. Um, And he's done this before uh, on his YouTube channel. I know it wasn't hair versus hair. But he did something on his YouTube channel where he like he wanted to keep his um, it wasn't a man bun, but he had longer hair that he pulled back and like fans. It was like one of the things that fans would chant at him uh, during dark matches and coconut loop stuff that, you know, making fun of his hair. And finally, like you can go back and watch it on his his social media and on his YouTube that Rhea Ripley is the one who comes in and just like sneaks up behind him and cuts his hair off. Um, So he's worked to this before. And you know, and, and continued to um, continue to incorporate the fallout of that incident on his, his YouTube story. So I'm sure that he's got a bunch of stuff in the can that he can just pull out, you know, at the drop of a hat to uh, to deal with having his head shaved and, and, and use it for for humorous heat. Um, uh, I wrote in my notes that it feels like an opportunity for a farewell match for Grimes, but uh, that depends on how many spots they've got open for 2.0 people in the uh, in the Royal Rumble. Um, I will also mention, even though I'm sure we'd rope it in later, but now seems fine. Uh, they did the little thing backstage where Andre Trace Andre Chase was giving a tour. Um, and I mentioned it here just because he ran into Grimes and Grimes said something like, you know, get out of my way, idiot, or or whatever he said to him. So obviously, probably next week, Grimes is going to have an enhancement match over um, actually when when even is war games. Yeah, yeah, I think we'll it'll be. Yeah, we won't have war games before next week. So um, so next week, uh, probably a little enhancement match over uh, Andre Chase for Grimes. And they also had. Uh, the former Brady Booker now named Bodie, I think his last name is Hayward. I didn't double check, but, you know, Bodie, like Patrick Swayze's character in uh, Point Break, um, the blonde guy that you picked up on recurring in in the classroom segments uh, now uh, front front and center following Andre Chase around. So that will definitely be a thing.
I launched the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter as a teenager in high school in the late 80s, and I've been covering professional wrestling ever since. It's been my full-time job since the day I graduated college. And I've followed every technology along the way and tried to be on the cutting edge, and one of them has been podcasting. We were doing podcasts before the word podcast was a word. They were just called audio shows for our subscribers. And a cool feature that we introduced last year are flashback Saturday night editions of the Wade Keller Hotline, where every Saturday night we post... Wade Keller Hotlines, all in one file, a week's worth of shows from 10 and 15 years ago. That means uh, you can listen to what I was saying about the news, about Raw, about SmackDown, about TNA, about WrestleMania hype, WrestleMania fallout, controversies, firings, matches that almost happened, and why they didn't happen. Every weekend on Saturday night from 10 and 15 years ago. For instance, the April 6, 2006 Wade Keller Hotline had a ton of insider news on the Hulk Hogan-Steve Austin dynamic at the WWE Hall of Fame and the prospects of a Hogan versus Austin match and how close it came to happening at WrestleMania 22, what stood in its way, and what the prospects were of it happening in the future, why Steve Austin said what he said about Hulk Hogan at the Hall of Fame during his Bret Hart intro, and what the backstage interaction was between the two of them. That's just one example of some of the fascinating reporting that was going on, likely before you were listening to some of my free podcasts here. So uh, go VIP. It's one of many, many cool benefits that come with a VIP membership. Get details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. All right. L.A. Knight was uh, supposed to face Joe Gacy tonight. Um, if you weren't already turned off by Joe Gacy doing so, having to shoehorn in every saying, um, tonight should have been the nail in the coffin. I just, if it doesn't work, don't make him do it in every single sentence. Um, and tonight it didn't work on several occasions. Gacy did show up in a scene with Harlan's hand. You know, Joe is... I like what he's doing performing-wise in this. I just, I'm kind of embarrassed for whoever's writing this and just trying to, it just, it's so one-dimensional. And it. I can't believe, it's already bad enough when somebody has one catchphrase and they have to get to believe that and believe in the shield. And that's easy enough, but it's not always seamless. Um, and he's got like several lines they want him to hit. They didn't really work at all in the context of the conversation he had with LA Knight. And you could see LA Knight staring at him like, I don't know what the hell to do with any of this. Um, but he had to, (laughs) yeah, you really could. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and Gacy versus Knight was supposed to happen, but that is when Waller came out. Uh, diamond mine comes out and they make some threats to Joe Gacy, who stole their thunder last week. Uh, we're going to do some heel heel stuff here. Um, Malcolm Bivens tried to sick the uh, Creed brothers on him, but then the camera slightly panned out to show that Harland was there, which all of them would have been able to see, but apparently only just saw him when uh, we were showing him. And uh, he called him off because he didn't want to deal with Harland. Harland standing there, great big dude, scary, um, with all all the presence in the world. So much so that the fans chanted, Michael Myers. Tom? Oh, Michael Myers, we made that comparison before with Jackson Riker, although it was not in a positive 
light um night jumped by wall where am i uh yeah gacy and diamond mine established something last week i did not know what to make of it then it seemed like they were each trying to get the other to join like gacy wanted them to join his cult and bivens wanted I, I I don't know. I did not know what to make of it, especially with the heel heel alignment this week. I still didn't know what to make of it. Uh, it didn't even seem like they were heading toward a title match. It seemed like uh, Gacy was saying I'm out of the weight class and I don't want that title anyway because it doesn't go along with what I believe in, which also would be a good reason for somebody to go after a title so they can try to remold it and remold it in their own image or whatever, you know, for a heel character. Um, but it didn't, I, I don't know, maybe I missed something, but it didn't seem like they were booking a title match between these two heels that I'm not sure why they're feuding in the first place. And then in the next segment, uh, Wade Barrett and Vic Joseph start talking about it as it's, as if it's going to be a title match at war games. And I know, I know that either the war games thing got established uh, during, during when Bivens was talking, I think, but, uh, but I, it's just weird to me that that is going to be one of the matches on the card. Um, so yeah, just, it, I mean, I, I, it's just character establishing stuff, I guess, but I just think it's a really, really weird way to put it out there. Um, I will say that Gacy, uh, I'd been giving him a pass uh, up to this point, uh, so I, I I was one of the ones who was still like not totally irritated by him. But what you said is accurate. Tonight was uh, final nail in the coffin in that way, and that he finally really started irritating me tonight with all of all of that stuff. Um, I I want to say though that it's still like an in character irritation. I feel like I'm supposed to feel the way about him that I do, and it's it's less me looking beyond it to the writers and and the people approving it um, and and really the person it's being written for, probably, uh, even though he's not watching, I'm sure. Um, and and it's more me being irritated with Gacy himself. That would be more effective if I, if I thought he was a better wrestler. But that's where I'm at with him right now. Yep, he's definitely a thing that's on our TV. Um Darrell did message me, said, I'll say this tonight was one of the worst NXT shows. Horrible man, war games build, and horrible women, war games build. And all the new NXT 2.0 acts suck and need to be off TV. And you can't be developmental. (laughs) And you can't be developmental if you don't know what you need to develop. That's why Vince is not good. Um, A strong, strong take by by Darrell. Uh, I definitely don't. Yes, uh, I definitely don't think all of them suck, but a lot of them kind of suck right now. And uh, and ideally, they won't forever, and that's what developmental is for. But when you give up a bunch of people that don't need a whole lot of development, and it seems like you've done quite a bit of good work, and then you invite this, um, you're going to invite that kind of thought. So, we talked Knight and Gacy um, let's talk about Tiffany Stratton. Who is she and why does she like tennis? And, uh, and what's with the silver spoon in her mouth, Tom? Okay. You ready for this? This is my favorite part of the show. Uh, I, yes, I'm ready. 
Okay. Okay. I mean, I, I thought this was fantastic. I um, believe that the uh, the class of signees that she was in, along with Bodie Hayward and um, uh, Solo Sokoa and so on, is still the newest class of signees. I think I don't think there's been another one that, you know, like they put out the photograph and do the articles and whatnot. So she's she's there. This is uh, uh, Jessica Wojnilko, a U.S. gymnast. Um, and uh, she's been going by Tiffany on social media for months, I want to say. So this has been cooking. Um, I thought that this was fantastic because it, it was the first thing that we saw coming out of a commercial break. And I didn't even know that the show had started again because I thought that it was another ad for that new Paris Hilton reality show. So they absolutely nailed what they are going for because I didn't even realize we were back to the wrestling program when this started. Um, I also am just totally tickled that this is Jim Cornette's old gimmick. Like that had to be deliberate. It's not like it's a secret. He was the spoiled rich boy who had a tennis racket and talked about uh, and talked about mama. And now here she is talking about daddy and walking around with her tennis racket. So I'm just like, I'm all for this. I'm very excited to see where this is going to go. Give give me a match. Uh, you know, uh, uh, the the whatever special it is that they do on WrestleMania weekend should be Tiffany Stratton versus Persia Parada. Tom. What the hell? Okay. Um, yeah, I liked this too. And I too was had for a few seconds. And then I was like, wait a second, TV, PG, V, this is the show. <laughs> that, that is what happened to me. And I was like, well, better start typing what I see. Um, so yeah, I, I didn't know who she was. Uh, camera real subtle in, uh, dancing over the, um, the woman, but, uh, but yes, we got everything but her face. So that is Tiffany Stratton. And I think there's something starting here. That's decent. She is believably snotty, somewhat believably. I mean, it'll, it'll get better, which is great because that's the idea. But, um, but I think that there's something going on here. Um, Okay, let's go. Let's go to the matches because um, I've been avoiding them because there's not much to say. But there's three others. Santos Escobar beats Malik Blade in 227. Ivy Nile defeats Ulisa Leon in 243, and Jensen and Briggs beat Grizzled Young Veterans in 431. Um, and in the Ivy Nile thing, did we did we already fully cover? We're good on that. So uh, anything um, on those? Okay. Are we? I mean, what? I'll touch on it probably. Yes, touch on it because I didn't write it down and therefore cannot. And and you're totally excused. I think the biggest issue with this week's show is again that it's a two-hour show. If this is another fantastic example of why NXT 2.0 would be so much better if it was back to the old format of just being less than an hour on Peacock, not two hours with commercial breaks because, you know, there's nothing wrong with enhancement matches, but then you get two hours of these types of matches. And, and it's a, a bit of a yawn by the end, even when Johnny Gargano is trying to wake you up. Um, so they build Escobar's match as a return. I didn't think he went anywhere. So not sure what that's about. Um, 
That was and like, then, oh my god, that is such a WWE trick. This is Undertaker's return since he was buried alive, and I'm like, yeah, but he was on SmackDown last week on the Go Home Show, right. and didn't right. miss any time that I would have seen him. Yeah, and that's that's not an exaggeration. They definitely, definitely do exactly that. Um, yeah, and then, you know, they start setting up a tag thing for war games, and it's just kind of dull. Um, it's just, I don't know. The tag division doesn't interest me. I am, uh, you know, KOR and, um, and Wagner, sure, interesting just for the sake of seeing what they end up, where Wagner ends up landing. But other than that, not all that interested in anything going on there. Um, Ivy Nile and Ulisa Leon. Uh, Ulisa is somebody who's been showing up in, you know, um, I like I don't follow her on socials, but other people I do follow. She's been showing up in their posts. So I'm aware that she exists. First time I've seen her wrestle. Um I think what's important here is that Ivy Nile again looked impressive, but didn't just do the exact same match that she had done last time. She did other she as she introduced different elements uh, and, and finished the match in a different way. So she's showing that, like, she's not so green that she only practiced one match like for the longest time casey catanzaro would just go out there against the same exact opponent opponents and have the same exact match over and over again because she was just practicing um wwe already wwe doesn't have this mentality but i want to see real fighters like ivy win matches in totally different ways every time Check out our new 2021 PW Torch VIP podcast lineup, including Everything with Rich Fan, hosted by Wade Keller, where on weekends we get together and talk about everything. And that includes our popular Off the Beaten Path segment, where either Rich or I present each other with something to watch that's Off the Beaten Path, and we dissect and analyze and react to it. Sometimes it's weird, sometimes it's nostalgic, sometimes it's therapeutic, and sometimes it's just plucking something from the past that would work today that's not being done. But we talk about uh, WWE, NXT, AEW, all the current events in professional wrestling also. It's a different format and a fresh podcast dynamic with Rich and me. Every weekend, everything with Rich Fan is part of the new PW Torch VIP podcast lineup for 2021. Yeah, and I, I know you're making a Daniel Bryan reference there because even though it drives me insane, I do still keep AEW uh, recap shows in my periphery because it just feels like the responsible thing to do as a quote-unquote analyst. <laughs> if you've been listening for this long, folks, you know what you're getting. Um, Briggs and Jensen, I thought this was their second week in a row doing pretty darn well you know when commentary says they're becoming a well-oiled machine it's like you know what i'm seeing that happen before my eyes so it doesn't just feel like a like a line um so i i i liked that from them um but the whole point of this match was to show that drake is still learning how to lie and cheat to sneak away with a win and he's not quite there yet and they totally whiffed on that because 
he did something sort of like it wasn't illegal, but he did something sort of manipulative early in the match. And both Barrett and um, and Joseph are like, oh, yeah, this is the GYV playbook. They're so practiced in this. This is what they do. This is how they win. And it's like, dude, are, are you on the right page of the script? Because the whole story that they've been building with these guys is that Gibson is now inexplicably trying to retrain Drake how to cheat to win. And then when they get there in the end, Barrett's like, oh, I guess, uh, or maybe, I don't know, one of the, one of the male voices was just like, I, I guess they aren't as practiced as we thought in this particular form of cheating. Um, so they totally, uh, totally whiffed on that. The only other note I had on it was that uh, uh, Briggs looked like Ben Affleck's character from Dazed and Confused. I didn't think that, but I sure as hell will now. Um, <laughs> he just he needs to start coming out with a paddle. With a paddle, yes, exactly. Um, oh, there you go. Uh, yeah, we just got the heads up that uh, I don't think your audio is working. Uh, actually, we got that heads up probably right when it started. Thank you, John Con. Something happened to us and uh, don't know what, and it sucks. Sean O'Hearn emailed us. Evening, gentlemen. Sean from Texas here wanted to start off by saying I dig Cameron Grimes' newish look. For now, it suits him, no pun intended, quite well, and that promo, albeit short, felt very real and from the heart. So on to my questions. Who do you all think will go over in the hair versus hair match? I feel NXT should put Hudson over, have Grimes go away for a couple months, and debut on the main roster in next year's Royal Rumble with a new look, which I'm okay with, because even though he hasn't been NXT champion, I feel he has nothing left to prove in NXT. And who in the world is Tiffany Stratton? I don't recognize her voice, and of course they didn't show her face, so I'm not sure you all have any insight into who she is. Yes, just... Hit rewind, guys. Also, I see that Santos Escobar is back. Any ideas to where he's been the past few weeks, or did I miss something? No. Anyways, he's main... been on the show. <laughs> yeah. Main event is starting shortly, so as always, thanks for the awesome content y'all provide. Don't forget to watch Chucky tonight, <laughs> and have a great night. Um, yeah. Oh, and the name of his email was Gutless and Nutless. Uh, salutations, gents. This is from Kevin Catani. I hope this email finds you well. Are you all ready for war games? In all seriousness, I'm actually loving the old guard versus new guard setup of the main men's match, and the storyline mixes for the women's match should lead to entertaining feuds after the pay-per-view. That said, which match are you more excited about? Any particular storylines intrigue you? Thanks as always. Go VIP and listen listen to 8YB. Office hours are now over. The Professor Kevin P. Catani, PhD. Oh, yeah, so... We already kind of covered most of that. Um, which match of the war games am I more excited about? Because it is the one with the bigger hook. This year I'll say the men, even though I haven't said that in about as long as the women's match has been around. I actually don't think I've said that yet because it has just continued to seem that they've done a better job of hyping up really specific reasons in the past few years to hype up the women's match. Um, so I'm, I'm interested in both. It's a different kind of interest because it's just a brave new world out there, but, um, but it's a, it's a different kind of interest. Uh, but I think the men just because of the hook emails, uh, Tom, 
And it's uh, definitely, yes, you're, you're right. We covered everything except for which match we're most excited for, which for me is easily the women's war games uh, for reasons previously stated. Also, it involves uh, several acts that I am quite invested in right now. Uh, so that should be good. Um, and, uh, you know, Keith was talking about who he predicts will go over. And I, I am definitely going to have to think on that one more, especially with the women's match. Um, I like, I like the, uh, the very, the tried and true, you know, Raquel pins EO type, you know, challenger pins the champion in a, in this type of situation thing that he suggested, but do they want to do that twice in one night? Does KLR really need that? Um, I think, I think I might have, Mandy Rose just continue to pile on her dominance, just uh, give her another excuse, another reason why she is in the spot she's in and give her the win. But that's just me spitballing right now. I will also say that I enjoyed how your he <laughs> at the end of uh, Sean's email was a Brad <laughs> Dourif. <laughs> um, I caught the um, the whatchamacallit, uh, the, the previously on of Chucky before I turned off the TV and I was uh laughing quite a bit at the um, mostly CG Chucky running around and jumping around. But it seems like certain scenes where they might even have like a child in a costume uh, running around and then they, they CG enhance it later. I'm not sure, but it's, it's hilarious. And I think, I think it's supposed to be, I'm pretty sure the Tom Holland original was supposed to be like a horror comedy. Um, and it seems like they're still embracing that. Yeah. So, yeah, I mm, Kaylee Ray will finish. will figure in the finish. There's no there's no denying that. And I don't even mean will pin or be pinned. I mean, something will happen involving her that moves her forward. I, I think that she was not kept off TV for nothing and something bigger is in mind for her. Whatever that may, may be, we got uh, we got Sokoa and Boa in back-to-back segments. Boa said that uh, power had been transferred from Mei Ying to him, and uh, and he needs to learn how to control it. When he does, he's going to be real dangerous. Andre Chase showed up. He had an issue with Cameron Grimes. You got to love Andre Chase. Never wins anything, always gets Totally flattened, but uh, still finds teachable moments. Um, Electra Lopez talked. Um, Indy and Persia got that. LA Knight and Joe Gacy got that. And MSK, they they literally just stole a scene from Tommy Boy and they did it. They didn't. There was no twist on this. They just did the scene. They they just did the scene. Not all the same lines, but it was exactly seven miles an hour they were going. I get it. I've seen Tommy Boy. That's your that's your that's your thing. Guys as old as the movie Tommy Boy are possibly younger doing Tommy Boy. So, um it, it's it, it's a long road trip that these guys are doing. They're still on it. But whatever, Tom. Uh stoner humor not for me, even though weed is kind of awesome. <laughs> Uh, we're off the rails. Tom, go ahead. Okay. I mean, at least this week's MSK thing was better edited than last week's where I barely understood. Like the whole scene is them 
get see i'm going to explain it and i'm not sure if i'm getting it right again because of the way that it's chopped up but the whole scene was them i believe arriving to an airport then getting on a plane then meeting up in baggage claim um why did they need to meet up in baggage claim after they took presumably the same plane or maybe they were too dumb to take the same plane i i don't remember i maybe didn't know at the time because these are just terrible but they they botched all that so at least I understood what was happening here, uh, maybe maybe due to the Tommy Boy recognition. Um, and this is just so, so rock bottom dumb that even though we're leading up to, to some cameo and, and the safe money is still on RVD. Last week I said there's an outside, outside, outside chance that they don't want to bring in somebody that's not under contract and they'll go with John Morrison. Well, that's dated now. Um I uh, I was waiting for them to just like pan up and it's Sergeant Slaughter for no reason whatsoever. No, nothing that anyone will ever be able to explain. Just some sort of cameo for who who had pulled them over. But the uh, the main point here is just that these huh, even though I wasn't like really invested in it, you know, dropping the titles was an opportunity for MSK to reintroduce themselves give us some reason to invest in them in a different way and i feel like even if these vignettes are getting a chuckle out of somebody there's they're not doing any favors for these two guys um it's it's <clears throat> excuse me just not good ah hopefully that cough is gone because solo sokoa um I, you know, the package was good. Like the visuals were good. The emphasis, the, the, um, uh, you know, his, his tone was good. I suppose. I just thought it was kind of silly that he was explaining that his name is solo because his brothers are in a tag team and he's not, um, that was a little silly to me. And Boa's whole thing yeah, it, was just famously, like, his brothers are both named tag team. Yeah. So, yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. <Yeah. laughs> so um, so with Boa, this was the, you know, the exposition character in 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 the movie, like, you know, the 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 Legolas thing where like Boromir blows a horn and then Legolas goes, oh, that was a horn. And you're like, oh, gee, thanks, Legolas. I, you know, just in case people didn't catch it. That's very helpful. Um, was you know, that so, series so just was... a way to mock Orlando Bloom, just to make him look <laughs> oh, <no>. dumb? <laughs> he, you know, he redeemed himself. And this, I, I say that as a big Lord of the Rings fan. But yeah, Legolas was what he was. But, uh, but, but I think Orlando Bloom redeemed himself over the course of the Pirates franchise, and especially with Cameron Crowe's Elizabeth Town. Uh, but movie discussion is for a different day. Uh, with Boa, it's Tomorrow. just like, yeah. This was already established. We knew that Mei Ying had disappeared, and when you stuck your face on her throne, you turned into this new version of yourself. But, you know, in case anybody missed it or didn't understand, now it's completely explained. Growl, snarl. I still don't think Boa needed this. I liked Boa as he was, but they needed to give him a thing. And and now when he wrestles, lights flash and music plays. Cool. Um, so there you go. Tom likes Solo Sokoa's package. I think that's what I took from it. There we um, go, yeah. Yeah, so we got 42 minutes and 11 seconds of wrestling on this show. Your marathon was Champa Waller at 13.29, and your shortest match was Santos Escobar defeating Malik Blade in 2.27. 
I'm Kelly Wells. You can find me all over social media at Spooky Milk or SpookyMilk.Games, and I'm damn close to sure that we covered it all. Um, Yeah, sorry if you wanted to be on the show and weren't, um, but we will figure out that next week, I hope. Tom? I am also hopeful, and I am also at Tom Staup on Twitter. That is where I post all of my links to things like my Short Track Racing YouTube channel, Tons and tons of cool stuff on there if you're into that sport and uh, links to my actual play Dungeons and Dragons group called Willing Creatures, which is currently at a pretty cool jumping on point. Um, I, I won't get into the juice, but we are at a point right now where we did these solo sessions that I've been talking about way, well, you know, with with cameos from other characters, but mostly solo sessions. So the other players don't know what happened in each respective solo session. And there's definitely been some chatter between us in real life, not in the game about like what our characters are up to and everybody's trying to keep their secrets while teasing stuff and, and uh, there be drama. So, uh, so I think, I think that'll be real interesting when, uh, well, those, I was going to say when those episodes start dropping, but those episodes have already started dropping now, uh, every Saturday, same as NXT eight years back on PW torch VIP. All right, folks. Uh, as a couple of Skype callers show up out of nowhere and one of them's probably us, uh, I guess we will. One of them's probably Wade. Like, are they on? Like what's right. Oh boy. Uh, we tried folks. And, uh, and that'll be that. So we will see you in seven for the go home show for war games. Cheers. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at PWTorchDailyCast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at PWTorchDailyCast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PWTorch DailyCast lineup. Just search PWTorch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, PWTorchDailyCast.com. Black Friday sale all week this week is 85% off a one-month PW Torch VIP subscription. 
which includes access to my new daily Focus on AEW podcast that we started on November 1st and I've been doing every day this month in the lead up to and follow up from the Full Gear pay-per-view that I attended in person. Every day I talk about the latest news, uh, point out some interesting social media posts that are AEW related, have on special guests, and uh, do some editorials and also answer email questions from listeners. And special episodes like a focus on the roster depth chart with John Moxley and Kenny Omega out of the picture. What's the lay of the land in terms of the male heavyweight singles division and also look at the tag team depth. If you are into AEW, there is your daily fix every day waiting for you. Focus on AEW that I host. It's new this month. And it is available as part of the VIP membership that you can get for just $1.50. That's $8.50 off our normal monthly rate. Go to pwtorch.com slash go VIP. And then enter coupon code at checkout, save 850. That's save 850. And that will knock $8.50 off your VIP subscription. By the way, you can save even more by committing to a three-month or one-year subscription. And by the way, you can apply that $8.50 discount to a three-month or one-year subscription too if you're ready to commit to a longer-term subscription at a monthly rate that on average works out lower than our monthly rate. VIP membership includes instant access to an unmatched library of insider information and long-form interviews, both in audio and transcript format, dating back to the late 1980s. For instance, I have reviewed every SummerSlam. And all those reviews are available in our back issues. Explore our ad-free VIP exclusive site with a subscription to the PW Torch VIP service and the Wade Keller Processing Podcasts and Post Shows and Daily Casts, which are free for everybody, are ad-free and plug-free for VIP members. The ads that are digitally inserted from our sponsors and also the pre-recorded in-house ads are not part of the VIP listening experience, that alone might be worth a membership to you. But you'll also get hooked on our post-pay-per-view roundtables that are VIP exclusive, The Fix with Todd Martin that I host, Everything with Rich Fan that I host, The Wade Keller Hotlines, and so many specialty shows from a great team. Check it out, pwtorch.com slash govip. Enter coupon code SAVE850 at checkout. That's SAVE850 at checkout and get $8.50 off our regular rates. That's pwtorch.com slash govip. It's a great Black Friday sale. Treat yourself to a full month of VIP benefits and see. And if you like the experience, then let it roll over. And we'd love to have you as a subscriber throughout 2022.